Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Folks, it's Memorial Day weekend. Is it Memorial Day weekend in Canada too, or do you guys do that like in in August or we something? We have our own holiday. We had it last week. Oh, oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, because Chris, Chris, I was trying to get in touch with Chris on Monday, and he wasn't around, and he was like, "Sorry, it's a holiday up here." And I was like, "Oh, it's like basket weaving day or something, like whatever you guys, whatever you people yeah, do up there." So- but I'm Dave, Dave Lozo of Vice Sports and many other um, highly reputable sports websites um here in brooklyn it's friday as opposed to thursday we, we we held off for a day and uh sean is not on a holiday weekend so he's just having a regular friday yeah absolutely i'm i'm up here in in ottawa in canada where we once again will not have the stanley cup and we're all miserable so thanks for making fun of us for having to go to work on monday just really yeah, that's, love that's, that salt that's too bad what's it what's it like is it is it just a ghost town people just like wandering the streets with vacant looks on their faces right now that's that's pretty much every day in Ottawa. So. <laughs> have you even been, have you been outside today? Have you even seen anybody? I, you know what? I have. I saw one person who still had the car flags on. That's always sad. And you get <sighs> the like the flags. one because like what's the etiquette yeah. there? Do you have to take them down right away, or do you have like the one the one more day to fly them proudly? So um, I say the rule is you, you can't just take them down right away because then it seems like you're not a real fan. You're not going to like stick with the team in the time now that they've lost you gotta like at least through the weekend i think monday you know you don't want to go to work with those flags on your car on monday yeah. i would say i feel like that's a solemn sunday night thing to take those yeah. things down. <laughs> do it under the cover of night you just go outside in the driveway and just like maybe, maybe like have taps playing in the background dun, dun. exactly exactly <laughs> chris kunitz why was it chris kunitz uh, anybody but chris kunitz <laughs> Yeah, so that that just that, that brings us to our our big story. The reason why we held off an extra day so we could do this in a timely fashion. Uh, new NHL uniforms. Yeah, <laughs> Adidas has uh, decided that they're going to. No, that's not what we're going to do. I don't even really care about that. I think it's funny, but Penguin Senators Game Seven, in my opinion, was the Game Seven we all deserved. We all we all earned it after suffering through the first six games of the series. We we earned it after suffering through the horrendous Game Seven that was Penguins Capitals. And it was a really awesome game, unless you're a Senators fan. And it was super fun and exciting with a great ending, unless you're a Senators fan. And I, I, I at no point could I ever say during that game I was bored. The action was good. It was back and forth. 
quick responses from Ottawa both times the Penguins scored. It was it was really 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 good game seven. Yeah, uh, I mean absolutely. That was a fantastic game, really from start to finish. But I mean the first half of regulation, okay, you know it was it was it was all right. It but uh, you know once once they they goals started coming midway through and then and then certainly the overtime i mean that overtime that might have been the best overtime i've watched since the blackhawks and kings had that just insane overtime mm-hmm. in 2014 yeah. where they just went end to end for 20 straight minutes uh and and that was that i mean that was probably a better overtime but that was a game 5 this is this was game 7 with a trip to the stanley cup on the line i mean like uh, I, you know, I hear from a lot of people who listen to this podcast, and one of the things that that I hear from them a lot is they say, you know, you guys, oh, you guys complain too much. And shut up! No, we don't. My response is always, yeah, we no, we don't. The league gives us too much to complain about. We complain the exact right amount based on on what this league puts in front of us. Exactly. Perfect. We're perfect. And, and then, but then the other thing people say is, well, then. If if you're that frustrated with the NHL, why do you keep watching? And like last night, that's the answer. That's why you oh, stick with oh. this league. Because I was gonna say I was gonna say so it's so it's so I could feed and clothe myself and give myself shelter. That was the there's also that. I was gonna that's say. that's that's maybe the second reason. But yeah. you, I mean, every now and then, even in spite of itself, this league can serve up something really great. And you know that last, but it almost it almost screwed up Game Seven though. It almost uh, the, the the Senators were skating around with six dudes on the ice for like a good seven seconds, and the referees didn't call yeah. it. Like if if the Senators would have won the game after that, we we would so be sitting here ripping the officials for potentially stealing a Stanley Cup from the. Let, let me give you a, a controversial take on that. I, I'm uh-uh. glad that that play happened, and I'm glad that the referees missed that. For for two reasons. Wow. Number one is that wow. there, I, okay. I don't know if this is maybe I'm 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 more immersed in kind of the senator's side of things, and I don't know if this has leaked over to the rest of the. the ho- there, there's oh, a lot of senators fans oh, no. who are not happy with the officiating last night. They 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 feel like there were a lot of missed calls. There you know things that that maybe should have should have been senator power plays. Not that anybody thinks the senators are going to score on a power play anytime in the next few months but there there have been some complaints and so the fact that that very obvious too many men penalty was missed kind of is is the ammo to shut that down you can't claim there's a Mm. conspiracy when the refs are missing something like that especially when it's Uh, a black and white call that that all four officials on the ice can make but you know here here's my thing I find it very strange that in the NHL, we have 90% of the rule book where the officials are allowed to use their judgment, to manage the game, to have some discretion based on the situation. And then we've got like 10% of the rule book that's ironclad, black and white, too many men, puck over glass, trapezoid, like this has to be called every single time. You know, at the end of the day, that was a great overtime. I'm glad that we didn't Mm -hmm. see a power play in overtime because one team screwed up a line change for five seconds didn't lead to a scoring chance didn't take one away didn't really impact anything i'm glad that call got missed i wouldn't want to have seen the penguins win the game on a power play just because somebody got confused on a line change for a few seconds so 
you know, it's a missed call. Clearly it's a, you know, there's no defending it, but in the big picture, I'm, I'm glad they missed it. They've gotten to you. The senators have gotten to you. The NHL has gotten to you. Who, who, how, what do they have on you? Tell me what it is. Tell me if you if you if you announce the thing that you're embarrassed about that they're using to, to to blackmail you, they can't use it against you anymore. Tell me what it there's, is. What is there it? is nothing there. It's nothing but but common oh, sense. No. If we're going to let hooks and holds and and even the occasional high stick go uncalled, uh, you know it's the same thing. If the senators had you know turned around and batted a puck in their own end and it had happened to fly off into the crowd and the officials had missed that, that would be a terrible miscall. call. I'd be glad that they missed the call because I don't want to see the game turn on an obviously accidental puck over glass. I, you know, that should be mm. something where there should be some discretion involved. And you know, that should there be discretion on too many men? No, it, you know, it's a blown call. But I'm sometimes I, a blown call in the big picture is a good thing, and I'm I'm happy that we didn't see a bunch of power plays in overtime. I'm happy that we got a definitive goal that nobody can nobody can complain about you know nobody can nobody can try to take away uh you know we got a real ending and i'm good with that i have so many thoughts about game seven but i'm I'm, one of them is i'm really glad it wasn't like a like that goal that dumoulin almost scored in the first overtime when craig anderson was picking up his stick or whatever and it almost went in i I, if craig anderson would have lost on that goal i would have felt so i I would not have enjoyed that game i would have a completely different take on that game i would feel so bad for everything that guy's been through to have that goal be the winning goal because like they would show that everywhere every 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 sort of like top 10 worst goals ever they would show that goal and i i just didn't want that to happen to him my other thought too is and we've we've discussed this at length that phil kessel dive was oh it was beautiful i love that dive so it was such a blatantly obvious dive and the situation called for the penguins were still owed a power play at that point Dion phaneuf probably did 45 worse things during that game that didn't get called and that was the time when they called up and it let the justin schultz's goal it didn't matter because they tied it but man um Victor Stahlberg, I feel so bad for Victor Stahlberg because he had the puck. He, I mean, he didn't have the puck. It was right there for him to deflect out of the zone and get to the bench for a change. He, he, he doesn't he, quite get he enough. He got of it. a stick on it too. Oh man, that he's the guy I feel the worst. I feel the worst for out of anyone on Ottawa yeah. because like he's going to think about that for the next three months. There's like, always and if something. Ottawa would have won. There's always something that you uh, can cling just, to. At, you know, as a fan, that you just see. I mean, if if the Senators had won, the Penguin fans would be having nightmares of of. You know, Phil Kessel, the, the the puck that went over the net that the fans in the arena thought had gone in, and and a couple of other chances. That was weird too. It was. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't understand how that's an optical illusion. It's the puck on top of the net. Like, don't, like, 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 even if you're a fan of the game, and like maybe the screen's not great. Like, if that was in the net, like play would have been whistled dead like six minutes earlier by Toronto. Yeah. Phil Kessel would have been arguing. You know, but apparently they it, they it, only showed the overhead view in the arena, which is, which is Bush league. I mean, I'm, I'm all for showing, for showing replays. I don't like this thinking that we hide the replays away from the fans because they might get upset. I mean, they, you're paying hundreds of dollars to go to a game. You should have access to at least as good an experience as, as we have sitting at home. But if you're going to show the replays, show the replay that makes it obvious that that wasn't a goal. Don't show just the overhead and have everybody booing and throwing crap on the ice uh when you could end it in a second by just showing them that the puck clear. Mm-hmm. i mean it wasn't a controversial play at all it was just something that depending on the one angle you saw now what would have been controversial is if it had gone in 
then we would have had a real interesting situation because that goal might not have counted because Kessel kind of he didn't yeah. he didn't really bat it in, but he kind of knocked it in with his arm, and that that could have been. I'm I'm glad that we didn't have that kind of ending. There was there was also a play earlier in the game. I don't think it was overtime, but there were the Senators nearly scored, and I think it was Stahlberg like bumped Murray just at that moment, and for just that half second, you're like, oh no, don't don't let this go in and have us. <laughs> have another 10 minute review almost, that turns out to be inconclusive and we almost had an offside review that didn't happen yeah. and we didn't need it to happen like everything that could have been bad almost happened but right. didn't really quite happen like the anderson goal the offside review yeah. they were just reminding us of what it could have been and then yeah it was <laughs> it was a good good i mean a, a good goal at the end it was kind of a knuckleball i'm still not sure if it if that hit Pajot on the way. I don't in. think it did. I think I think it just came off the blade yeah. funny. So like it was kind of wobbly and high. It definitely didn't change direction much. But there's one view where it looks to me like it kind of ticks off his hip, and he seems to react that way. But I don't. I mean, ultimately, it probably didn't matter because I I think it was it was the screen that caused the goal, not the uh, not where the puck went. But yeah, that man, that Victor Stahlberg play. That's the one because. I, I like I remember watching it real time and when Connor Sheary goes to make that pass, I'm thinking, you idiot. What a terrible, risky pass. And, you know, not only you know, not only <laughs> I know, I know. does Victor Stahlberg have a chance to get that puck out of the zone, I mean he could be gone. That could be a breakaway and, and you know, it's a breakaway for your fourth line winger, so I'm you know, we're not gonna say that that, that, that would have ended the game. But I mean he had it, he, not only did he get a stick, I mean, he got his stick too much on it. Like he he actually pushed his stick too far and and had it kind of glance off the heel, and it went from you know the, a a terrible terrible pass, a terrible decision to make that pass, and five seconds later, Connor Sherry's jumping around in a celebration pile, and I mean that's that's hockey. Like we, it, it's the cliche to say something's a game of inches, but hockey is. I mean, hockey's a game of a fraction of an inch sometimes and and that was it right there and i'm sure um capitals fans feel like this podcast is a safe space at this point because we're going to the stanley cup final it's been a full round now since caps penguins but if you ever wanted to just compare two teams in a game seven when things go bad and how they react to it and you want to say oh caps don't choke they don't just give up they don't tighten up in situations senators came back after a back-breaking goal to make it one nothing. 20 seconds later then in the third period like seven minutes eight minutes to go they come back again three minutes later and tie it they don't stop like I, I like if you're the capitals like like that that game should be the the evidence you need to just light your team on fire burn it to the ground and start over because your team is never going to do what the senators did yeah they lost sure but if you if you just had the senators backbone and you could just instill it inside the the Capitals' talent. The Capitals would still be playing right now. They'd be they'd be four wins away from winning the Stanley Cup, I think. But it was just such a great game for like everything. Like the the Senators didn't score first. The Senators scored first. We're, we're sitting here crying about seven terrible games and probably having to watch Ottawa play Nashville for six or seven more games. There was never you know there was never a long stretch where any one team was really dominating like the overtime. I think Ottawa had two shots in the first overtime. I think that might be right, but it didn't feel like think, it. it didn't feel like they were getting overmatched. Yeah, once once the, the, the initial good, fog was a good off, ass I don't game, think man. Be a lot of second guessing in Ottawa because I mean the team just they went further than anyone thought, and uh, you know they came came so much closer. But I do wonder if there's not going to be a little bit of people wondering like just 
if this team had just pushed a little more, sat back a little less, because it, it just felt like for a lot of the playoffs, and last night was just the perfect example, like it felt like the Senators were happy to play in a tie, not be too aggressive, not really put. And then as soon as their back were against the wall and they had to push back, they they just seemed like they could they were capable of overwhelming the Penguins, but they didn't seem to want to play like that until they had to and you know the two two leads for Pittsburgh and lasted about a total of three minutes combined uh you know there's I I guess you kind of maybe wonder if you're a Senators fan like if we had just gone out there gone out in overtime and said like let's let's just go let's just you know I know you never you're talking the Pittsburgh Penguins I got two of the best players in the world you'd say never never try to skate with these guys never try to go back and forth but you know maybe if there had just been a bit more of that push because it it really felt like even though the lineups on paper say it shouldn't have been it felt like Ottawa could could go toe-to-toe with these guys anytime they wanted to the whole Matt Murray thing kind of worked out pretty well for the Penguins too like just everything was everything was just the way it should have been like I, I get why Ottawa wouldn't be like hey let's just step on the gas for the first five minutes of overtime and see what happens because they feel like they could win playing their style they're basically saying like we're gonna dance with the 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 style we brought here is that a metaphor that's not a metaphor is it no but like something like that yeah like i get i get why because they they don't feel like they're out they're outmatched they're just gonna say well we'll just keep playing our style once uh you know brian russ coughs the puck up at his own blue line we'll go the other way and score but yeah i just think like to to me like if the senators played that game or that series any other way it doesn't go seven games in double overtime it goes five and we're we're laughing about how great it's going to be to watch the penguins play the predators but both teams super rested it was a ba- it's weird like I think as time goes forward people are going to remember this whole series being better than it was they're going to be like wow seven nothing and all these comebacks and one goal games and double overtime but use use this podcast as a time capsule the first six games eight the 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 smelliest ass you could ever eat for fucking two weeks it was boring ass gross disgusting yeah. shitty hockey game seven was magnificent it was a masterpiece just everything else seven games of entertainment crammed into into one yeah you're right now and, and i've i've already heard from people like hey do you want to take back what you said about the senators being boring uh, no but uh that that game was was fantastic and you know what if if people years from now remember that game and nothing else about the series then then good for them that's that's evolution working properly because that's your brain your brain should <laughs> want to forget everything that came before and just focus on that because uh man like you that that was one of those games where you take take any football fan baseball basketball put that in front of them and say this is what the nhl can be and you know and and they'll be hooked and then show them what the NHL usually is, and they'll be unhooked, and you'll never see them again. But that was for 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 one game at least. Man, that was that was fantastic. I also just want to point out that we've called the Senators boring for two weeks during the series, and they only showed up to say they weren't boring two times out of seven games. Sure. That means you're boring the other five, and in your own minds, for the people that are defending the the non boringness of the Senators, you can't be boring five times out of seven games. It's not. It's not. I, like, is there, I, I can't think of like an equivalent. I was trying to think of this when I was writing last night of like something that was just terrible, and then the last part of it was awesome, like a like a TV show or a movie where you just kind of like fought yeah. through the whole thing, and you were like, ugh. Then the yeah. ending was fantastic. I mean, you'd you'd like, never find it for a TV show because if if this series had been a TV show, it would have been canceled after three games. Like, there's no. <laughs> 
there's no way it would have stuck around. But uh, yeah, no, that was uh, that was that was worth. I mean, if you if you sat through and watched that whole series, and you you deserve to to get a reward at the end, and and you certainly did. I'm I'm very curious to see where the Senators go from here, because I I had I had kind of half jokingly, yeah. but only half jokingly said a little while ago that the senators were about to become the first team to ever win the Stanley cup and then have most of the hockey world pick them to miss the playoffs the next year. And I feel like we're, you know, it's going to be interesting to see where they wind up, where the expectations are. Like typically something like this, you'd say, okay, this is, this is the start of something. And maybe it is. I mean, the Senate, they're not an old team. They're not, facing a cap crunch they're not they don't have a bunch of expiring deals or anything like that but yeah i don't know you kind of wonder like was this was this the year that just everything aligned perfectly and your reality comes next year or beyond and uh, and they end up looking back on this going like man we had it right there if they get back to the conference finals next year i will walk from here to <laughs> ottawa like pick a day, yeah. pick a pick a time period of the season. Maybe after the, after the season when there's not there's less going on. If Ottawa plays three rounds of hockey in the playoffs next year, I will do that. There's just no way. Like the, you're right, everything aligned. They played a banged up Bruins team in round one. They played a stupid Rangers team in round two, and they played a banged up Penguins team in round three and almost beat them. There's there's their path will never be as um, easy as this one. And have it come up short. And now, now you got a uh, you got to pay Eric Carlson soon. He's, his contract's going to be up in two years. He's making six five. Like like well, he's going to be like a, an eleven million dollar guy by the time his 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 new his new deal gets signed. Unless there's he's a got lockout. One, one more year before he needs the new deal. They've got a few guys, not not necessarily guys that key guys to sign this off season. Although there's there's a hand. I mean they've. Peugeot's got to get done, but he's an RFA. But then after next year, Stone and Turris both expire next year. Uh, so their, con- their contracts, get done. their contracts expire, right? Not the actual yeah. people. <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, yeah. We're fingers crossed. Pulling for you guys. That's, we're gonna feel bad now. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, and and you know Craig Anderson, thirty six. Mm-hmm. Hell of a hell of a season. Hell of a you know underrated goaltender in in this league has been for a little while but 36 one year left on his deal yeah but they got robin leonard oh no wait no they got, <laughs> oh, they, got they got ben bishop no 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 are you you don't you don't believe in andrew hammond um i believe in cheeseburgers i i don't i believe in mcdonald's i i don't i don't necessarily believe in him that and much. you know i know that like they, they've got like the farm system overall is not good the the pipeline is is not very full, but it's they have a couple of top flight guys like Colin White. We we got to look at him in this series. He'll he'll probably be full time next year. Then and then Thomas Shabbat, who's obviously the defenseman of the future that that they're all kind of raving about, and he had the breakthrough at the World Juniors. But at the same time, he's also a guy like he's two years removed from his draft year and and has played like one NHL game. Yeah, so we not a sure thing like it's not you know this isn't the second coming of drew doughty here but is is a guy that they have really high expectations for uh you know i don't i don't know that they that they collapse but the other thing that's interesting is what they do as far as the expansion draft because 
before the playoffs, there was a lot of talk in Ottawa that that they would not only would they not protect Bobby Ryan, who you know based on what he's done over the last few years, Bobby Ryan before this year's playoffs had kind of an under the radar terrible contract in this league mm-hmm. that you didn't really hear that much about. Like when people would talk about Dustin Brown or whoever else, you didn't really hear Bobby Ryan come up all that much. But it, it he's it, you know he's he's their highest paid player. And he signed through another five years, and he hadn't really done anything since he'd come to Ottawa. And there was talk not only did they would they might expose him, but they might try to offer the Golden Knights something to take this guy off their hands. And you know, then he goes and has this monster playoffs where he looks like everything you ever wanted this guy to be and more. So, so what do you do now? What do you do with Dion Phaneuf, who was an, who's another guy that you know he's got a no movement clause. They were going to have to try to convince him to to waive that so for the expansion draft so that they could they could keep uh, keep their their other three defensemen Carlson, Cece, and, and Mathot. And now you know Fanuf has has a real solid playoffs. Now what do you do with him? Like it's it's one of these things where it's a nice problem to have when you got players who suddenly are playing better than than you've expected them to. But how much stock do you put in six weeks versus? couple of years well if you're an nhl gm you you put all your stock into it and then you give them gigantic contracts right. whenever possible like like brian bickle how could that how could that fail i mean i mean there's 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 no I, there's no history of any of that ever not working out and causing your team cap cap problems right no just the, the dave the dave bowling contract yeah, worked out beautifully right. so i say i say give jg pajot like four and 26 just really reward that guy for his postseason by the way, how about that guy? That guy has a four goal game, and then he's the, he's the guy that screens the goalie on the on the series season ending goal. That's hockey sucks. Like you should just like get out. It's, it's, it should be like blackjack. Like once you get up like a few hundred bucks, you score your four goals. Be like, coach, that's it for me. I, it, it's been great. I had a really good postseason. I'm gonna go take off and sit in the hot tub for the rest of the postseason. Good night, everybody. Just bank it. Yeah, just bank it and get out of there. Yeah, no, Pajo, four goal game. Where's number forty four? Like you just have the feeling he's getting four million times four years, <laughs> yeah. just because, right? You know, just, just, just like Sidney Crosby has to get eight point seven every time. Because by the way, yeah, Sidney Crosby. Everyone always talks about what a superstitious, like weird guy he is, and I understand the basis for picking up the Prince of Wales Trophy because he didn't do it the one year they lost, then he did it the next year they won, he did it last year they won. But like, I feel like he's the last guy in the world that would ever touch the Prince of Wales Trophy. Never mind, bring it back to the locker room after the game, and I'm assuming make yeah. make sweet, passionate love to it. It just seems like something Probably. he wouldn't do. Like he's he's got it. He has an it's, is it eight years and eight point seven, or is it ten years and eight? Whatever it is, he has an eight point seven million dollar cap hit because he wears number eighty seven. Like he's a weirdo. Just seems like he wouldn't do the Prince of Wales thing. Good for him for doing it, but good for him because that's oh, I I hate that, and I've like that's something only it's I've only really. That's only really bothered me the last few years. Like, it's always a thing, you know, every year some people, don't, don't touch the trophy, and other people are like, yeah, you should. And I never really cared until, like, I started thinking about what it actually means when they don't touch the trophy. Because it's not, like, it's, part of it's just superstition, but the way the superstition started, it was this whole dumb thing of, like, this, we don't care about this trophy. It's, the Stanley Cup is all the matter. We haven't won anything yet. So like we're not even gonna we don't even want to acknowledge this. It's like you just won your conference, right? You, can you be happy for five? Like watching the Predators, you know that game six, the building is going crazy. The build out the the whole city's going crazy. You know it just the the greatest moment in the history of the franchise, 
And to watch them have to crowd around this trophy and not look at it and <laughs> pretend like this doesn't matter. We haven't won anything. Like, just pick up the damn trophy. You idiots. And be happy like everybody else is and like you clearly are. Like, you know, it's <laughs> like you, you just enjoy the moment instead of this constant like if you don't win the Stanley Cup, then nothing else you've ever done has mattered. It's uh, just they're weird. Hockey up the trophy. They're weird. Like yeah. I, I, the, if I'm going to rank miserable locker rooms I've been in, like the top six are always always post Stanley Cup final loss. Obviously, like dudes are just devastated. They their whole lives built to this moment and they came up short. But in 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 terms of like non Stanley Cup final elimination losses or like non postseason elimination losses. The New York Rangers locker room in 2014, after they they won the Eastern Conference, was about as down a locker room as I've ever been in. Like, it was just, yeah, you know, we haven't won anything yet. I mean, technically, no. You've won something. You've won the Eastern Conference. You've won that. Just because you haven't won the Stanley Cup. And that's just how, you know, hockey players are programmed. It's just, it's like, like, I'm surprised P.K. Subban didn't just grab the Clarence Campbell Bowl and just start, like, bowling it around the ice because he was so pumped up to go to the Stanley Cup final. Like, I see, like, like he, he to me would be the guy that would be like, screw all you people. I'm going to start wanting around with the trophy. And Crosby would be like, nah. but he But he knew. He knew that, like, if he even looked at that thing, yeah. <laughs> he would have gotten, he would have gotten killed for it. So, uh, it just, like, I mean, you know, oh, we haven't won anything. Really? Do you, you haven't won anything? Because you got, like, your injured players are limping their way across the ice to come take a photo with you. It seems like you might have won something. Do you want to maybe just put your hand on the trophy? And, like, if, nah, if, if, ho- just, if hockey players game. if hockey players been on the price is right and, like, they, 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 they get off contestants row with the, with the good bid and, like, Drew's like, congratulations, hockey players, like, well, you know, we haven't won anything yet. The ultimate goal here is to win the showcase showdown. Then they would then they would get on stage and win the car and be like, you want a car? Well, we really didn't win anything yet. You know, we want a car. We won the watch there in contestants row. We're, we're just we're just focused on the ultimate prize here and we don't really want to get, you know, too pumped up or look too far ahead. And then they lose a showcase showdown, and it's like, yeah, you know what? You know, I, I thought we had the better showcase. I thought we, uh, I thought we, I thought we had the stronger bid, but um, just didn't turn out that way for us this year. We we didn't have a lot of showcase luck. Just and why? Then, and then the rest of us would write about how they they need to learn how to win showcases <laughs> and find a way. And no, it's just like, I mean, you're, the NHL, like, uh, I don't know. One one team wins. Ninety-seven percent of the league are loser failures, and if they don't act that way, it's because they don't want it badly enough. Yes. And it's and it's such an act. Like they don't there was not one member of the Nashville Predators who's like, Yeah, we really we didn't win anything tonight, guys. None of this matters. It's but but, hey, anyways, but you know what but you know what they gotta though, pretend because we make them pretend, so But you know what's good though is we never have to hear about how Eric Carlson's not a good defenseman ever again. Um we never have to hear about how uh PK you can't win with PK Subban. Even, I mean, even if they lose to the Penguins, you, that's that's out the window. One year out of Montreal, he's gone farther in the playoffs than he's ever gone before. Yep. Um and and con- my my condolences to Eric Carlson for for missing out on the Conn Smythe, but congratulations in advance to him for winning the Norris Trophy next year. Yes. Great work, he's, buddy. He's a lot cuz he's going to, you know, unless he wins it this year, but this year he's probably going to finish like narrow second place to Brent Burns and everyone's going to freak out because we're going to forget that ballots are based yeah. on the regular season and do before the playoffs and but yeah he's going to see he will start next year with like a 500 vote head start on anyone else also so. I, I don't know if, I, if it was the same for you up there but on the tying goal by the zingle like Carlson obviously rockets one off the post that goes off Murray's back and the zingle knocks it in I don't know what it, what it was like for you up there but after that goal 
um, Eddie Olchek spent a good solid 30 seconds praising a play Kyle Turris made in the corner, which was fine. He made a nice play in the corner to get it out to the point. But Eric Carlson fired a laser beam past the defenseman's shin pads, past Matt Murray, and he hit the post to get the puck to the net for the goal. And it was just, it, it felt like we were once again kind of like diminishing the guy who had two primary assists on both Senators' goals last night and carried them for it just It, three it just feels like he's at the point now where like stuff that other people would get praised for you just expect it from him all right i'll take that so that's fair i mean he's yeah i i don't i don't i don't buy this narrative that like the hockey world finally discovered eric carlson i mean the guy's won two norris trophies finished second probably gonna finish second again this year or win a third one like i i i think we can ease up on the whole like that that he finally broke through and yeah and got on people's radars now but you're right that the the stupid stuff about him not being you know because he he had one you saw him make one turnover in the first period in november one time and <laughs> decided that he can't play defense uh yeah that's that's gone uh it's i i think that at 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 the very least you know the 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 people who needed to be drag kicking and screaming into enjoying the eric carlson experience are gonna be there finally thank god and speaking of dragging and kicking, we're finally at the Stanley Cup final, Sean. We're here. Yes, you get a weekend off to kind of relax. Well, not quite. We get yeah, gotta have gotta, gotta have a few days off to get ready for the even more days off. Yeah, I feel, I feel like the NHL like I, I I feel like the NHL listens to this podcast, and oh, anytime sure. they hear us sure. say anything good, uh, like they just immediately make a note. Like I feel like a like a two weeks ago, Gary Bettman was. You know, sitting there in his office with his headphones on, enjoying <laughs> enjoying his his weekly dose of biscuits, and he heard us talk about how great the conference final schedule was, how it just went back and forth, bang bang bang, no time off, no no gaps, and he just made a note like, make Stanley Cup final take as long as possible. <laughs> no, but that's fair. Three day gaps for no reason. No, that's fair because you 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 have to prepare for a potential Anaheim Pittsburgh flight, so you can't just have them play every other day. So I get that part of it, but at the same time, it, no matter what the schedule is, Randy Carlisle would complain about it and use it as the excuse for why his team lost, not because Ryan Kessler was getting run over on every single shift he played. Randy Carlisle making excuses. Have you ever have you ever experienced that as a as a fan of I, your your specific it's team? Vaguely, it's mm-hmm. vaguely. And and by the way, just just because you mentioned Ryan Kessler, and we I, I, we won't we won't do the whole debate, but uh, just because I I know you had you had mentioned it before, I didn't think the Phil Kessel thing was a dive. Against Dion Phaneuf, oh. I thought he was just coming in at high speed. Oh, I thought it was, a, no. I thought it was a blatant penalty, and I thought he kind of clipped his skate. And I think when you're going, when you're going fast and you're leaning forward and you get clipped, you're gonna, you're gonna fall like that. Oh, but no the way. reason I bring it up is, is not to have the debate, but because I, I, I wanted to go back and double check because I feel like I'm in the minority on it. And I went to YouTube and I typed Kessel dive into the search box and it popped back up with did you mean Kessler dive uh, and they gave me a list of like 20 Ryan Kessler dives <laughs> and I was like well done YouTube search engine well done <laughs> that's really good uh, that's better than anything I wrote today that's good for them good good job YouTube <sighs> all right so Stanley Cup final do you have a pick do you want to uh, uh this I, I, it's a great matchup let's let's start there yeah I mean this I, with with I wish everybody was healthy. I, I feel like that Ryan yeah. Johansson thing is going to yeah. be a problem at some point. You can't really count on but Colton, it does feel like, Colton Sissons to get I, a hat I mean, trick. 
Johansson and Latang both being out like kind of evens the scale at least a little bit. Like I, I don't feel like either whichever teams loses is going to be able to say, uh, you know, if we had had our guy. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Because, you know, the other team... They're, they're kind of equally important players. But the Penguins haven't had their guy for the entire playoffs, and they just lost yeah. Johansson. Like, I just, I don't they know. Would, like, and, and seeing him go against Crosby would have been great. That yeah, been, yeah. It would have been really been fantastic. good. Like, I just wonder, basically, this, what it's going to come down to is, is is what's more important, not having your number one center or not having your number one defenseman or not having a bunch of forwards and not having a bunch of defensemen. I feel yeah. like well, that's I mean that's oh. the thing with the Penguins, right? Like we've spent the last decade being told that you can't win the Stanley Cup without that Norris Trophy guy as your number one, and now, I mean they don't forget Norris Trophy, like they don't have a top pairing guy, and here they are three rounds later, and they're somehow still in this. Oli Mata's gotten better as the playoffs have gone on. Doolin's gotten better. Um, Trevor Daly's fine. Uh, Justin Schultz, obviously, when he's healthy, can be that. Chris Letang, you know, diet version on the power play. He'll get three days of rest before game one. Like it's it's a bunch of just like it's a bunch of dudes, a bunch of defensemen you want on your team. But yeah, there's no there's nobody there yeah. who you're like this is this guy should be a part of a really good top pairing. And the and the, and the Predators have four guys like that. So right, that's the thing. I feel like oh. if the Penguins beat the Predators, that will be kind of like the market correction on defenseman because everything got screwed up last year with the Adam Larson Taylor Hall trade and now anytime there's any team needs a defenseman it's like yeah you have to give your your top line forward and because you can't win without one of these guys and yeah this might be maybe this brings it back to to real life a little bit but yeah no it's gonna be yeah what do you a, a team without a without a blue line versus a team without any centers Right, but like the, it's probably going to be a situation where like the last year where they had Bonino, Kessel, and ha- Kessel and Haglin on the third line, where you're going to run out Malkin and Crosby against the the Preds top four, and then that Kessel line is going to get some of those sweet matchups against you know Matt Irwin or whoever they're going to have on their bottom pairing. If if Kessel has, by the way, how about that chance Kessel had in overtime last night, where he just kind of shot the puck nine feet wide on like a partial breakaway? When that happened, I was mm-hmm. like, "Ooh, Penguins aren't going to win this game." What was what was that, Phil? Like he kind of lost his balance there, I guess a little. But yep. that was that was weird. But yeah, it's 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 going to be your typical playoff series where you're going to one team's going to get a bunch like like the Predators in the conference finals got a bunch of goals from their depth guys when when players were hurt. Here, now the Penguins are going to have to get goals from their depth guys because. The, the Predators can just run out, you know, four defensemen for 75% of the game or 80% of the game that are really good possession-wise. Like, people – I've noticed Twitter now hates Roman Yossi, and I think there's there's some cause for it. Yeah, that was a it. weird development. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. A weird, it's a weird new thing. Like, I like I see the numbers, and I get it, but, I like again, which which of the top four Predators defensemen wouldn't be the Penguins' number one D-man going into this series? None of them. Or, or all of them. However, I phrase that to say that the Predators have really good defensemen is what I'm saying. 
Yeah. No, it's, uh, I mean, yeah, like I think, I think he's kind of maybe the key to the series because if he's the good Roman Yossi, then you've got two Norris caliber defensemen. You, you basically got a guy out there probably about 50 minutes out of, out of every 60 minute game. But if he's, if he's, which, which you need because you're, you're going up against the, the, the two headed monster with Crosby and Malkin. So, uh, and if he's not, then, yeah, maybe you maybe you're tilted. I'm 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 pumped for this match. Like with all due respect to the Senators, it, th- this was the far better matchup of the options because like Senators versus Predators, Ugh. like Ugh. two Cinderella teams doesn't work as a story. Like David versus David is not a good <laughs> storyline. Hey, oh uh, yeah. oh, you, oh, you, oh you mean biblically? Yes. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Sure, sure, sure I did. <laughs> uh, it, it's you know like having. The 16th seed, the underdogs, and you know, man, they they weren't a real 16th seed. I mean, I think people understood this team was a, was better than than their record indicated, but still, the underdog versus the defending champs, the team with going for their fifth cup versus the team that has never even been out of the second round before, uh, you know, and and then plus just just the matchups themselves. It's it's you know, Carlson versus Subban would have been a lot of fun, but this I think this is going to be. This is this has the potential to really be a great matchup and really be a great series, and I got I got my fingers crossed for it. You know, maybe maybe we already maybe we got our one great game already last night, and we shouldn't expect any more. But um, I, I'm 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 thinking that this could this could really be a, a hell of a series. There's there's the there's the pessimism the listeners love. Uh, I think we got our one good game for the playoffs. I don't think we're gonna yeah. get anything else. Like I want the Predators to win, but I think Pittsburgh is gonna win. I think they're. I think when you look at the deficiencies, like the back end for the Penguins is not as bad as now the depth for the forwards for the for the Predators. But I mean, I'm thinking like right now, like it, like if the Predators win the series, Pekka Rene is probably gonna get the Conn Smythe. If the Penguins yep. win. It probably should be Malkin, but you know we we got to force trophies on Sidney Crosby because he doesn't have enough apparently. So if he's even moderately decent during the Cup final, I think he'll be good, or he'll win the he'll win the Smythe. But I just, ah, man, like I just I just wonder if the Predators are going to be able to score enough to to to. I, I think it's going to go six games minimum, but I just don't know if they have enough offense to to win a fourth game. Hope they do. Because as as some as somebody who lives in the joke market, I got a lot of good PK Subban Montreal Canadian material that's really ready to go if the the Predators (laughs) win the Stanley Cup. I'm I'm set up there, so I'm a little biased. Uh, That's uh, I gotta like I know I know we spent the last few weeks saying there's no such thing as Canada's team, but now that all the Canadian teams are gone, we can admit that the Nashville Predators Mm -hmm. are definitely Canada's team. Oh yeah, I'm surprised. Like every Habs fan I know is solidly on the Predators bandwagon. Like I thought there'd be more resentment and, and that sort of thing. And and there is, but it's all aimed at, at the Canadians and at Mark Bergerman for making that, uh, for making that trade. No, you know what it is, you know, for, that, for, what, what it seems to me is like, I tweeted something after the, after the Predators won and it was like, ha ha Montreal Canadians, whatever. And the only responses that I got that were like negative were, oh, you know what? Maybe if you watch the Canadians, you would know that Shea Weber was just as good as PK Subban this year. And that's not why the, the Canadians lost to the Predators won. Like people are still kind of deluding themselves into thinking that 
Shea Weber and P.K. Subban are the same. Like They show their stats from the year, and Weber has more goals and points, but he played more games. And some other guy was like, well, because they traded him, they could sign Radulov because Radulov wanted to play with Weber. Right. Okay. That's the so, that's the Milan Lucic ploy from Yeah, the, uh, right. Yeah. But for the most part, you're right. Montreal Canadiens fans are very much in PK Subban's corner for the next 2 weeks and that's awesome. And like I know I I know he's from Toronto. I re- and I hope though if he gets the cup that he has his day with the cup in Montreal. Oh, he oh he's, so oh, he's going to bring he, it there for sure. He's, 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 it wouldn't even be a jerk move, right? No. Like I mean, he he can you take it to the kid's hospital. Perfect. I mean, that would be, uh, yeah, that that would be something else. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm picking the Predators. I don't feel awesome about it, but uh, I feel like I, you know, I just feel like it's all kind of fallen into place for them. Uh, man, losing Johansson hurts hurts so much. It's so bad. It's 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 one thing to get through with a you know that that was impressive that they you know without him or Fisher that they managed to get through two games. But two games against the Ducks is not four or five, six or seven against the Penguins. Shooting on Jonathan so Bernier for one of them too. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it's. Uh, but I, you know, I still. Uh, I I'm I'm picking the Predators. That that might be my heart, maybe a little bit more than my brain. But I've I've taken the Predators in six. I'm also a little little skeptical about Pekka Rene. I feel like he wasn't that great in the third round. Maybe that's because he's he's super he, streaky. I, yeah, and he did. He had he had the one shaky game, and he and he had a couple of others where he was fine. But you know they they got I, I think what was it? They, he's given up three goals or more five times in the playoffs this year, and three of them came against the Ducks. So the the trend is like the trend is going down for him now. It's going down from he was playing at historically amazing yeah. levels. So it, you know, you, you, it, he can, he can take a few steps back from that and still be more than good enough to, to win the series. But yeah, you know, at the same time, you know, Matt Murray, he, Matt Murray looked real good against Ottawa, but three, you know, four games, who knows, who knows what the next, the next round looks like. I did love all the take. Well, I shouldn't say all the takes. I saw one, <laughs> uh, that, that, the Penguins should have gone back to Flurry for Game Seven. What? Wait. Oh, that was. Was it? Yeah, was, was, was it? Was it written by Jark Jandre Jury of of the Sportsnet site? Like, like who? Like who's advocating for Mark Andre Flurry at that point? This was like one of the one of those Pittsburgh guys who's like kind of on their own doing their own mm. thing. Oh, that guy. So I can't remember. And and by and when I say I saw it, I I should say like I saw the headline. So <laughs> it, was, it may well have been like it was you know, satire. I read the headline and then the article was like, "Here's what an idiot would say," and, and I just. <laughs> but it's the internet. What I mean, don't if you want somebody to read, you got to put it in the headline. So, uh, yeah, that that would have been. But but yes, I you know, you can just see that right, like one bad game, and mm-hmm. suddenly Mike Sullivan's like, maybe I go back to the veteran with. Coaches love their veteran. Like Guy Boucher might have had Guy Boucher might be the coach of the year. Like it, you know, not that he'll win it, but he might be the coach of the year of the whole season, regular season and playoffs. I don't, I don't know if anyone's had a better year than he did. But he goes and puts Chris Kelly in the lineup for Game Seven because Chris Kelly has like a good record in Game Sevens, and then he doesn't play him. He plays him four shifts, so they end up not running four full lines and and having to to you know un- you know mess everything up like what like what like what magical game seven 
wisdom does Chris Kelly have that that by him just sitting on the bench? Matt Cullen somehow that I, I think Matt Cullen is the new Mystery Game Seven now. I he's think now seven and zero. Seven and zero. Yeah. yeah. So he's the new Justin Williams. Sorry, Justin. You had a good run, buddy. Loser. All right, you want to do some mailbag questions, and then we can begin our well, me and Tim, we can begin our Memorial Day weekends while you, you know, do your Canadian right, stuff. Yeah, I got to go go around the neighborhood stealing car flags. <laughs> All right, busy afternoon. James McLeod. Oh, James McLeod. If fighting was considered to be part of hockey journalism, who would be your dream matchup? I thought about this on the walk over here. I want to see Pierre LeBron and Scott Burnside throw down. I feel like there's a lot of built-up tension there, a lot of animosity, because they're kind of like an old married couple, because they travel together all the time, and they, they yeah. for two months out of the year, like there's probably some stuff below the surface there, where if just something gets triggered the right way, you'd get like a really good four-round UFC fight. I would. Wow. I, that's where I'm First going. of all, I noticed like in the replies, in the questions, there was a lot of like hockey journalists and fighting related questions. Yeah. I guess, I guess the, so that's, that's a, but my, yeah, my, Burn, my, uh, Burnside versus LeBron. See, the thing is like, that couldn't just happen though. Like one of them would have to turn on the other. Yeah. Like which one's going to be the one who like super kicks the other one through a plate glass window hmm. and, and starts the whole thing. It would, it would have to involve like one of them, like stealing their, their like Marriott points or something. And then like, it would just, yeah. it would happen in like the lobby of like a Marriott in like Nashville. It'd be it, great. It would, or either that or like Burnside messes with Pierre's jukebox. <laughs> Like he skips ahead and like hand, hands him a 20 and like, go ahead, Pierre. And then like when Pierre's got his back turned, he just waffles him over the head with his man purse and <laughs> just takes him right out. Uh, all right. That's, uh, that's a good one. I, I'm, I'm all, yeah, these are all body slam questions. Um, who would you body slam if you could, what's the best body slam for the, here's one from uh, Julian Brown, best and worst finals of the cap era for entertainment value. I know my, I don't, I know my worst. Ottawa, Anaheim, yeah, I think was the, that's my the worst. worst. Um, the best. Carolina Edmonton was so long ago, but like you forget about all the twists and turns in that series with goalies getting hurt and Yeah. That was pretty that good. That was yeah, that was a good one. I mean I, I still feel like I, I don't know the series as a whole, but the, the two thousand nine Penguins Red Wings. Like I'm always I always find it strange like what moments seem to stick and which ones don't. Like I feel like the Penguins winning the Stanley Cup, Game 7, one goal lead, and with five seconds left, the puck finds its way to a first ballot Hall of Famer yeah. in Nicholas Lidstrom. And, and Marc-Andre Fleury dives across the crease and robs him, and they win the Stanley Cup on that play. Like To me, that should be up there with the Bobby Orr goal. And yet, it, it just feels like people are like, oh, that was cool, and they kind of forgot about it. Like that was, and that's always a, That's also a series that holds up really well as you know like you'll look like there's some series that are good at the time and then you look back and you're like ah oh, that team kind of fell apart in this like that one holds up really well being the rematch and and everything else so hmm. uh you yeah. know, I know i'm gonna go boston Van- i'm gonna go boston vancouver you had two overtime games to start the series you had a couple of like i'll say borderline murders during the series you had the the, the finger biting you had um, the weird games in Boston that were just utter blowouts, which were fun. Like a, 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 good, a good blowout where the home crowd's going nuts is pretty fun. And you had Game Seven. Game Seven was kind of a letdown, I guess, because it was you, it, it, again, it was like Caps Penguins. The second the second Bergeron scored, you knew it was over. But that six, series six and good. seven were both kind of kind of a letdown. That, that that was kind of like the opposite of the Sens Penguins series. Like it was it, it kind of yeah. got slightly worse as it went. 
So, yeah, I don't know. There's, I mean, even the, the Rangers-Kings was, like, it was only five games, but that I, I really enjoyed that series but uh yeah no i'm going i'm going going penguins red wings okay modest fiasco modest fiasco wants to know what's the best kind of meat that's it that's the whole question that's the whole question what's the best kind of meat 48 minutes ago bacon oh that's a good answer see i was i was just gonna say steak like any steak but maybe bacon's the right bacon here's the thing with bacon I, i if you if my bacon's crispy Man, you can you can just you can bathe me in that stuff. It's great, but when it's that soggy, greasy, uncooked like yep. bu- breakfast buffet bacon, I want no part of it. And hmm. and here I'll I'll go you one further because this is this is my controversial bacon take. Bacon on its own, period. Top three food out there. Bacon on around with anything else, terrible. Bacon yeah. on pizza is awful. Bacon wrapped around a steak is a, other than you know maybe on a burger, you can you can pull it off there. Bacon wrapped something no, awful because that's what you get. You get like the Ooh, yeah. slimy sort of uncooked version, and yeah, like I hate that. When, you know, you, somebody's like, "Do you like bacon?" You're like, "Oh yeah," and he's like, "Well, have, here's a bacon wrapped hot dog." Oh, I don't want I don't want that. Get out of here. <laughs> I pick the bacon off, take it home throw it back in the oven and turn it into breakfast um that's a weird question i don't know what that means uh i don't considering we just answered what's the best kind of meat and which two journalists should fight i don't even want to know what question was too weird to make it through the filter there's one question that i want everyone who listens to go find um it's from antonio losada who goes by Chapulana, C-H-A-P-U-L-A-N-A on Twitter. I'm not going to read the question here because I know what he did to screw up the question, but I want everyone to go read that question and see what he wrote, including you. You're CC'd on it, so you probably saw it, and just see what he did to ask that question. Because if we, if we did that is question... This, is this... I, I think I, I already cleared my uh, my cue here, but was this... was this, did, did he leave a word out? Yes, he did. Yeah, I, <laughs> I did see that. Involving Anaheim and Washington? Yeah, that's... that's yeah, exactly. That's yeah. the one. Yeah, and, and to answer to answer the question, <laughs> no, I don't think I don't think they should do that. I mean, if it, I don't think the Ducks deserve that, I don't think they earned they it. They did not earn that. They definitely did not earn that. Um, let me do one more question and get the hell out of here. Uh, no, yeah, I should probably screen these before I actually get to these. Um, okay, Kelly Toomey, who is Kelly Toomey on Twitter? If you had to eat your birth weight in food every year on your birthday what food would you eat see you and i are gonna we're gonna argue about this you're gonna say poutine aren't you i'm not no i'm not gonna say poutine, oh, poutine okay. be, that, that'd be all right no chicken wings oh, awesome sh- food Sean, they're not fantastic food why not just get like a better form of chicken that's not the wing and just eat that yeah, because if i want chicken <sighs> i'll order chicken this is why i hate when you go in a restaurant and they're like we've got the biggest Wings in town. I don't. No, I'd order chicken if I want chicken. When I order wings, I want fried skin and bright orange sauce Mm. with like a just a little tiny bit of chicken just for just to hold it all together. 
perfect. Reading the history of how chicken wings used to be garbage that that like places threw away because nobody wanted them until somebody found a way to market them to people makes all the sense in the world because every time I've eaten a chicken wing, I'm always like, why did I just not get like a, a chicken sandwich? Why don't I just get like a big old plate of chicken off the bone, like See, breast it's, meat? It's because you're you're approaching it wrong. You're <sighs> approaching it as if you're ordering chicken. You're not ordering chicken. You're ordering <laughs> wings. It's a totally separate type of food. Uh. Maybe in Canada it's better. I don't know, but my answer is 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 boring and obvious. It's pizza. I would just I would yeah, eat pizza. Would be the other. One. I would eat seven pounds and eleven ounces of pizza every year on my birthday. So um, I believe that's it. I have no idea how long we went for because we started at a different time. And usually in my mind, I can just look at my clock and see it's two o'clock and know how long we've gone for. I think we've probably gone for too long. Uh, anything else you want to you want to throw out there? Anything we feel like we missed? I I mean I I think. I think we got it. Where there's there's other stuff happening in the NHL, but it can it can all take yeah a backseat for a little while at least, and and we'll be back. I guess wait, we'll be back next week's after two games of the Stanley Cup Final. Yeah, well we can we can and we'll do the obituary for the Predators or something. We'll we'll write them off and then and they'll come back. We'll give everyone something to listen to during the six days off. That the <laughs> NHL has plugged in to make sure that there's absolutely no momentum uh, in their showcase event. Huh? Uh, I will say I don't think Kyle. I don't think Kyle Dubas goes to Colorado. I don't understand why we're redesigning uniforms that nobody really had any complaints about, and um, I don't really have a feeling about outdoor games played at military academies, one way or the other. Whatever, it's an outdoor yes. game. Military people can go. Good for them. And and I'll just add that I I don't think it's all that bad that the Ottawa Senators only sold 99% of their tickets, but they should probably tell their owner not to send crazy letters to the editor on the day of a Game 7. Yeah, that's good advice. All right, on that note, uh, we're going to say goodbye. You give us the give us the five stars. Give us the give us the beautiful ratings. Pump up, pump our tires. Uh, we're, we're, running, we're running out of real estate here. We're almost done. Season's almost over. Um, and I guess thanks for reading, and uh, we'll, we'll see you next week. See ya. See you next week, everyone. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.